Previously on Just Cow in the City. From about September to March. February, March, and April. I think they're stupid months. I took the subway. Why don't they just make an $11 card so you have four trips? Jackson Heights, Queens is gross. When I went into this place, no masks. I hate everything about them. I have never seen the likes of this kind of partying in my life. And I'm losing control. Rock and roll doesn't exist anymore anyway. What's the difference? Just got in the city, everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy, walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place, making it work in your own space. Come on, come on, and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright, cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Welcome to another episode of Just Out in the City. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day. March 1st, 2022. March 1. We are just continuing to rack up getting out of 2022. As our last uh, podcast was, I believe, on 22222. And uh, that, that wasn't a great day for me, so I don't know. I mean, it was an okay day. I mean, I had a good time. I had a good time. Uh, talking to you guys on the uh, Comedy Cellar Nightly Show, and then, uh, you know, whatever we do. But anyway, uh, hello, welcome back to the show, and uh, we're, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm off base already. I don't know what's happening. I am uh, recording. It's a, it's a very chilly day in New York City. Nobody cares, uh, or maybe you do. I don't know, but it's nice to talk to everybody. I would say it's nice to see everybody, but you know how that is. And I had just come back from this antique store here in Manhattan. I mean, there is, you know, I told you I've been cleaning out my mother's closet and I've been cleaning out my own closet. And in my own closet, I found all these foreign coins and bills that I guess my grandfathers had. I don't know whether it's multiple grandfathers or one grandfather. Uh, you know, and I've had it for years. I'm like, what do I do with it? What do I do with it? And, you know, I was going to maybe put it up on eBay, but I'm like, I don't know anything about these coins. This will take days and hours. Maybe there's a place down the street or somewhere where I can, you know, figure out this. So I looked online and there, you know, there's a bunch of people that like, you know, like, hey, we we take foreign coins, you know, and they're vintage foreign coins. And when I say vintage, I, I don't know, 40s, 50s. I don't know. I mean, the funny thing is when, when I bought it to the guy today and I'll, I get to that in a second. The guy was like, ah, holiday change. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? But what he meant was like, yeah, when our, I guess, grandparents went away and then they just came back with change and put it somewhere thinking, well, maybe I'll go back there. I'll use it again. And of course, that never happened. What I'm trying to figure out is how my grandparents, at least I think my mother's parents, were traveling anywhere. I don't remember any stories of them going anywhere around the world. or uh, I, don't, I don't remember. As far as I know, they lived in Perth Amboy their whole life and they had no money. So... Unless it came from my father's parents, who were rich, well, I don't know where the hell it came from. I really don't know where the hell it came from. All I know is uh, I had a whole bunch of it, and I'm like, what do I do with it? And I, uh, I, I found a couple of places online. One of the places was right near, on Wednesday, I went down to get my hair cut, finally. I mean, really, it's been like six months. I've had it groomed once in a while, but I hadn't been out of the house in a long time. 
And the uh, barbershop or whatever they, yeah, it's called a barbershop, uh, is all the way down in Soho. I told you I used that handsome Israeli guy. You know, I like it down there, and I like to travel down there. And uh, even though there's one right next door to my house, I prefer to go to that guy. And uh, I set up the appointment, and I found out that the store that was going to look at these coins was right next door. And I'm like, well, perfect. I'll hit two birds with one stone. I mean, that's the greatest days of my life. I think that everybody feels that way. How productive am I going to be if I bring all this stuff with me today and I get all this stuff done in one day? But then I looked it up again and the store was gone. And I'm like, well, how could it be gone? I could have sworn I saw that it was on Thompson Street. That's where the barber is. And by the way, folks, again, if you are a Patreon subscriber on the Maggie level, I have them giving out the bonus clips. I will show you the barbershop the evil dog that's in the window there where I got my hair cut, and uh, the street that it's on, on Tom's Street, right in the middle of Soho in the West Village. So I, I, I've been telling you, I've been trying to take photos, you know, more photos, but it's difficult for me because I feel like an idiot. You know, when I pull out the phone, I feel like a, like a tourist or a dummy. So I take them really fast. Like, I take them really fast, so a lot of them are blurry. But sometimes I can capture everything, but I'm just trying to remember to take out the phone and take pictures of everything. And today was no exception. I'm talking to this guy and he goes, yeah, we moved. And they go, where I go, where'd you move? Like, and, it, and it's this antique store right on Second Avenue in 57th Street. It's pretty much next door to my house. I must have walked past this place a hundred times in the past 20 years. Never knew there was anything in there that I would ever, ever need. But it is a like an art gallery, an antique place where they have little, you know, little stations or little little stores, fronts. You know, well, they're actual stores, I guess. They're just inside this thing. It's like a mall. It's like a mini mall in the middle of Manhattan. And I had no idea it had like three floors. I've never been in there before. You know, I see, I go by, I see antiques. I'm like, what am I going to do with that? Meanwhile, you go in, it's amazing. I think I would take somebody there you know, like a, a girlfriend or something like, hey, you want to see something cool? Because it's fun to walk around in there. Wait till you see the picture I sent you. This guy's little store on the like sub second level. It's right. There's like a like a koi pond next door. It was the most pleasant uh, coin exchange experience. Now, the funny thing is when I've gone to the Diamond District to exchange, well, I don't know whether exchange or have a watch fixed or something you know, weird, like, oh, we have these uh, silverware, you know, diamond and so, you know, the Jewish uh, area with those people, those people, uh, they only have little cubicle areas and, and they have, you know, thousands of them and all these different stores right on 47th between 5th and 6th is the Diamond District. If you've seen the movie, uh, uh, what's the one with Al Pacino? No, not Pacino, uh, Dustin Hoffman, The Marathon Man uh, with uh, Lawrence Olivier. Uh, they've gone through the diamond district, 47. I don't know why they call it the district. It's 47 between 5th and 6th. pretty much it. And they have all these little stores you go in, but, the, you know, it's terrifying in there because, you know, you don't know what you're doing. It's uh, Everybody's angry. They're all staring at you. There's nothing to really look at. This was kind of like this, but it was, t- it was so much better. It's it's more pleasant. Like I said, there's like a, a, a restful, calming pond in there that's working fountains indoors. On the sub-second level, not on the first level. It's the strangest thing. But it is a pleasant shopping experience if you have a lot of money and you're searching for antiques for your uh, decorating your country home or your husband's dental office. It's uh, quite fascinating. 
And this guy told me, you know, we were communicating. He goes, yeah, I'll be around. I'll give you a call on Friday if I'm around. You know, because like, I think they most of the stores are just closed. He told me the person next door lives in California. They come in. When they come in, they come in. Uh, I don't know how they afford all this stuff. I guess they have money. The, the rent must be uh, crazy, but I guess they afford it. and They just come in when they want or by appointment. So most of the stores are closed, but a lot of them on the first level are just open for business. and You can just walk around. It, it, and again, indoors, it's fantastic. It, it, it was really great. So I went in there today and I'm like, oh, I, I, and I'm talking to this guy and I give him the coins and he brings me. He's like, oh, let's sit out here. It's very pleasant out here. And it was. And he was just looking at all the coins and he goes, well, this is worth nothing. And, you know, whatever. And, and of course, you don't know whether these guys are going to scam you or not. You don't know. But I don't care. I just want to get rid of this shit that's in my house. I'm trying to get organized and everything. So for all the, the foreign coins that I guess my grandparents collected over their 80 years on this planet, 25 bucks. <laughs> he just pulled it out of his wallet. Two tens, he's like, hey, do you have $2 so I can give you a five? It was, it was $23. I don't know where he came to that conclusion, and he didn't even tell me how much it was. He just started putting out money. It was, it was odd, but he was nice. And then he was, it was very smart. He was like talking to me while he was pulling out the money, not telling me like so I would. Oh, he knew I was just gonna sell it to him. Well, he said, "Do you want to sell them?" And I'm like, "Yes, I want to sell them." And what am I gonna do with those coins? I can't sell each one on eBay individually. Uh, who the fuck knows? Apparently, these. Swiss coins were worth more. They melt them down or something. I don't know. You know, he knows all that shit. I gave him a bunch of pennies from the 1930s. He goes, yeah, these are worth nothing. So I'm like, now I got to put these pennies in a a coin star, which I feel bad. It's like, how can pennies from the 1920s or 30s not be worth anything, you know? But that's the thing. None of them are worth anything. Then he kind of showed me around his store, which, again, I was afraid to take out the camera. I thought it was rude. But the store across the way was this bookstore and i did take a picture of this giant book that looks like it's right out of harry potter let alone he showed me this book on demons and mythology which is um oh i can't remember the name of the book it was an awesome book like a book like you would see in a store i mean right out of a movie like the craft or twilight it was so funny he goes now this book is worth a lot of money you know like, like it was just it's the opening i'm like you know that's a really interesting book I'd like to buy that from you. I've always been interested in a demonology. I mean, I mean, it really was right out of the movies. I should have taken a picture of that book. Maybe I can find it online. But it's written by this guy, like a like an NYU professor, I think he said, or something that was completely knowledgeable. It's, like, it's not written by a kook, you know. So it makes it extra special. And the book was awesome. And you know, there's some. Uh, I don't. I don't know how he's still. I. I. I thought the, all those books were only in the movies. I mean, really, it really is right out of Twilight, where it, my favorite scene, where she goes into this bookstore and see, it just looks like a a fun town. That first Twilight, I I can watch all the time. She goes into town with uh, who's that? That pretty girl, Anna Kendrick, and that and that Asian woman uh, to buy prom dresses or something because he wants. She wants to stop at this bookstore. And it just makes uh, wherever the hell they live in Washington, the state of Washington, it looks fun. It looks like you can go to a bookstore, which is on like the top floor or something, and then you can go to a restaurant. Like it, it, it all looks like it's open late at night, but of course that's not it. But it all looks pretty and, and a fun place to live, uh, you know, except for the fact that there are, you know, vampires there. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> but that's the kind of bookstore it was, like one of those bookstores where you find books like that. It was fascinating. 
And uh, I'm like, I do have little books like that. He's like, well, you know, maybe I'll buy them. I don't know. He said, the guy across the way, is, he was just telling me all these stories because he has nothing to do. I can barely walk. I don't know what, it, you know, I, he's like, uh, get a coin and tap on the glass. You know, I'm inside. Because I looked inside. The place is huge for, for the Sprite and cluttered with just junk. You know, that, you know, if you were selling stuff on eBay, it would probably be a treasure trove of, I don't, I don't know why he's not just, selling it all on ebay you know why people would come in at this point i I don't know but whatever the case may be it's it's cluttered it's like he can barely walk and i was like do you want me to come in he's like yeah i want to show you something and then then it got scary uh but i had to leave my book bag outside no he didn't tell me to i was just afraid i was going to knock something over i was terrified to walk around in there you know it's one of those classic things where he's just like this vase just came in i paid a hundred bucks for it it's you know it's not that antique but it's beautiful you can see the crafting i'm like oh yeah i mean it's just like going i might as well have been at the car shop again where i'm talking to that guy and just using the terminology from greece you know from the movie greece i'm like yeah you know you get yourself a palomino dashboard some dual wadded plates i mean this car is gonna hum it's a real pussy wagon what uh i, I mean it's a uh, you know, uh, the chicks, uh, uh, crap, you know, uh, so it's like, you know, he's telling me about the antique stuff and, and you, you try and be, you know, like he knows I'm not knowledgeable, but you try and be like, oh, oh yeah, you can see already the crafting on the, you don't know what you do. You're trying to just be like, I was like, why is he even showing this? I don't know what's happening, but it was fun because, um, I don't know what we're doing. And like I said, it's a very pleasant store. So I took some photos and I'll show you if, uh, again, and, and I'm not trying to get you to. Well, maybe I am trying to get you to go on the Patreon, the $10 level. <laughs> maybe I am. I, I, I just feel bad. I, 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 you know how I am about that kind of stuff. I, I want to show it to everybody, but I, I have to have bonus content. It's very important. Very important. Anywho, so that, that's what I did today, uh, really, quick, just before I did the podcast. And it was, uh, I don't know why it was exciting, but, um, but mostly I, I really didn't do anything this week, but yet I, I feel like I did. Like, you know, we, we did the last podcast on Saturday, right? Or did I do it on Sunday? I did a Saturday thing. Or maybe I did it Friday. And then I, I mean, I didn't leave the house Saturday, which I never do, right? And then I didn't leave the house on Sunday at all. I just took it easy. Then Monday, yeah, I didn't leave the house again. And on Tuesday, I went to uh, breakfast with Nick. And that's that's all I did. You know, I was like, how can I do a podcast? In three, I haven't left the house. I haven't done anything. I have nothing to report. But fortunately, Wednesday and Thursday, you know, I did something so I could, you know, bring it to you. And, and it was so funny on uh, on Wednesday. This is unbelievable. On Wednesday, and again, I do have photos. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep bringing it up. Uh, but on Wednesday, I was going out with my friend, our friend, Vincent Masso. The guy I keep telling you about that just like every time you're with this guy, it's a new information of stuff that we love. You know, you, me, just got in the city, folks. You guys get it. This is unbelievable. This guy, I mean, I don't understand how this is possible. We've been friends for almost 30 years, and it's still a treasure trove of brilliance with this dude. So for some of us, some of us, if you're coming in just to learn stories about New York City, well, it's still good that too because the guy's been a staple in New York City for years. Anyway... Wednesday, he decided he's going to take me out for dinner because I've been helping him with the the script that he uh, wrote a long time ago, and I'm uh, formatting it for him because he because he's old and he only has one copy of it. I'm like, I'll scan it in the computer, I'll fix it up for you. So he says, I'll take you out to dinner Wednesday. I'm like, fine. 
So Wednesday we go out. Now, this is the day I got my haircut done, right? So I'm like, all right, I, again, I can do two things at the same time. So on Wednesday, I, I get a, 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 a shower. <laughs> I shave. I make myself look pretty. Uh, for, oh, no, that's right. I had a dentist appointment. Oh, right, because I went to see the dental hygienist. That's why I was getting all uh, pretty, because I love her. Uh, and I'm like, do you not want me to call you anymore? Because I don't have to call you anymore. Because uh, you know you have. Her. She's like, no, I, I do, I do, I do. So I can't figure her out. I I don't know what she wants. I know she's gonna leave soon, but I know she doesn't really do that much. Except, but she does travel a lot and likes to go hiking. And she knows I don't like that, so it's weird. But I I think she, I don't know. She told me not. I said, do you not want? Because I don't have to text you anymore. If you don't want me to text you anymore, I won't text you anymore. She's like, no, no, I I like it. I like I like talking to you and. I'm like, good, because I want to hang out with you, you know. I want to hang out with you. I want to get with you, right? You understand what I'm saying? But she's really sweet, and, uh, you know, so I was getting all dialed up, but I had to be careful because I couldn't put too much product in my hair because I knew I had a haircut appointment today, and they hate that. They, You know, when you go to see the hairdresser, they don't want you to shampoo your hair or, or you know, have product in it. You know, they just want it ready to go. Um, but I had to put something, and it was all unruly. So I went there. That you know started my day, and then I went home, and then I went. But when I was getting ready, I realized that I have no socks that don't have holes in them anymore. I've 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 gone through everything, and I was trying to live with it. And I'm like, no, I refuse to live with any holes in my socks anymore. I'm done. So I immediately ordered new socks. I, I know uh, money is uh, is tight, but fuck this. I'm done. With any kind of holes in my socks, even a sliver of a hole, no more. I mean, I do buy cheap socks because they're fun. I buy fun, cool socks. You know, socks with like hamburgers on them or pizza or dolphins. I think that's fun, right? That it, it, I've been wearing socks like that since the 80s. I love funny socks. I don't know why. But they are not good socks so but i mean listen they last a long how long are socks supposed to last that's the thing so i was very upset i'm like you know i think i tried on three and then i didn't you know you can't tell if a sock has a hole in them until you put them on and then i go out to get something and i'm like oh you gotta be kidding me because i could feel the floor in my sock and i'm like this is the third pair and i was so upset about it i'm like this is so fucking stupid anyway i finally got all ready i went out so i was ready to go when I was going out with Vincent, the plan was I get my haircut at five o'clock. I got to leave here around four o'clock because I know I'm taking the motorcycle today. <laughs> it's it's 70 degrees. OK, 70 degrees, 68 to 70 degrees, four o'clock. So I'm wearing I know it's going to get colder later. I know I've seen the weather report. They say it's going to drop like 40 degrees. So I'm wearing a mid fall winter black coat that i have that you would never wear in 70 degree weather but you would definitely wear in 40 degree weather and i don't bring a hat i don't bring my gloves i'm usually dressed up heavy i hate cold weather you know i like i like it and i hate it at the same time but i don't like to be cold so i don't dress for fashion how about that and uh you know i just dress to bundle up and this time i just wore my regular black jacket and i took the motorcycle and it was a pleasant ride because it was a beautiful day. It was still a little cold on the bike, so I'm glad I had the jacket. And uh, I parked the bike. I took some pictures, again, to show you the neighborhood a little. I, again, I need a GoPro. That would be really cool. 
because uh, I know a lot of you appreciated the video I showed you of the Queensboro Bridge and that narrow. Yeah, exactly. You didn't understand that that narrow path is for the bikes going, you know, north and south. The two lanes that as narrow as that is, you know, there's two lanes on that bridge and one is for walkers and one is for bikes going either direction, you know, going one direction and the other. So it's really tight. So thank you for appreciating uh, what I've been trying to explain, which is, you know, almost impossible to see even on video. You can't really get the tightness and horribleness of it. So I go down to get the haircut and everything goes uh, successfully. And it was uh, fun. Oh, God, the guy gave me a great cut. I mean, it looked great. And I was really pleased. And then I just left and I was just like, oh, great. Now I got time. Vincent and I were meeting at six o'clock. I can walk to his house. He lives in this amazing you know, a little walk up that he's lived there for years, just like me. Uh, I mean, mine's, you know, different, but he lives in this walk up. He's lived there for years. His rent's like $500 a month. And uh, he lives right on the corner of the Corner Bistro, which you might have heard of. They have amazing grilled cheese sandwiches there and hamburgers that have been around for years. In fact, uh, the last time I ate there, and I'm pretty sure I told you this, was the day Sarah hosted Saturday Night Live. Me and uh, two of her friends ate there before we went to go see her host Saturday Night Live. That was a long time ago. Uh, but I should go down there more often because it is awesome, and he lives right on that block. It's a beautiful block on West Fourth Street. Like a, it's like a joke. It's like it. It really looks like something out of France or something. You know, this little street that's very homey and stuff. It's just these stupid uh, restaurant sheds, which they're going to keep now. The outdoor dining is stupid, but you know, it's really nice there. Taking a walk there, so I finally go past the comedy cellar, which I've been by months. And I got to see Val and Liz, the managers, and it was really nice to see them. And this the strangest thing. I wasn't planning on hanging out there or anything, but the upstairs, the, the restaurant, uh, the olive tree, was closed for a special event. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? You're closed. You guys are never what, what? And they're like, yeah, we're closed today. I'm like, well, I mean, I wasn't planning on coming in here today, but what are the odds? I come down to the first time in three or four months and you guys are closed? You know, like where the comics table is and all that stuff is closed for a private event, whatever that was. The owner closed it up. They didn't even have to pay. I don't know what it was. It was the funniest thing, but I'm glad I got to see the, you know, my two friends, give them a little hug and then be on my way. I mean, it was just absolutely beautiful day for a walk in the West Village. It was perfect. I went to his house and then we went right down his street to this place called Tartine. And he's like, this is where I'm going to take you. And I looked at it from the beginning. I was like, eh, this doesn't look that great. Because uh, it just didn't look like a, it looked more like a cafe than a restaurant. But it is a restaurant. And I decided, she's like, do you want to go inside or outside? And I'm like, you know what? I think I want to go outside in that shed. It looks warm. It looks, uh, even though it wasn't that cold, you know, it looks good. It looks set up nice. And there was, I was right under a heater. So I was happy because, you know, it was getting a little bit more chilly, six o'clock. So I was like, you know what? I think I want to eat inside in that little shed, which normally I never want to do. But the inside seemed worse. I don't know. So we're in there. There's one other table in there a little further away. And then once we got in, the table sat next to us. But their backs were turned, and we were fine. I was getting a little nervous, you know, just not because of the corona or anything. You know, I just don't like having people sitting next to me. So get this, right? We sit down. And again, I got photos. We sit down. The menus of this place, Tartine, maybe it's on their website. I don't even know. What they do, I, I guess it's an Italian, I think it's a French restaurant, I, I don't know. But they got pictures of uh, movie stars, but, you know, more influential European stars of from the 60s. 
So my menu had Audrey Hepburn on it, right? Uh, a big, a big picture of Audrey Hepburn on one side, and then the menu on the other side. <laughs> and Vincent's menu had oh god, I forgot her name. Uh, what was her name? Claudine. Shit, I gotta look it up. Okay, I got it. It's it's Claudia Cardinal. Claudia Cardinal. Okay, yes. Oh my God, what a beauty! I'm looking at her now. She was, uh, you know, a big beauty in the '60s. You know, photos like they have of Audrey Hepburn, and it's on the menu, right? A big, big, beautiful picture of her in her prime on the menu. And Vincent goes, "Oh, you know, I know her. She just gave me her phone number like ten years ago." And I'm like, "What?" You just picked up the menu and you like know that girl and you was like, yeah, she wanted to go out. I got I panicked and I'm like, what now? Of course, now she's, uh, you know, older, but apparently she came into the re- you know, he used to work at the Bowery Hotel restaurant and uh, she came in and they completely hit it off. You know, I guess she was in her 70s then and uh, they just really hit it off like her friends were like, do you guys want to get a room? And uh, he he went outside and they had a cigarette together and they were talking and he goes, you know, you should you're really funny and you're so beautiful. You should be an actress. And she's like giggling because he doesn't know who it is. And then uh, at the end, she gave him her card. And it's just so funny. I mean, this guy is so funny. I mean, so interesting. He picks up the menu. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, I fucked her. No, I'm just kidding. That's what uh, John F. Kennedy does to uh, Jackie O. No, no, no. It's Jackie O. That's that was Danny Vermont's joke. Jackie O would look at a, a silver dollar and be like, yeah, fucked him. <laughs> That's what it was. The Kennedy half or the Kennedy half dollar. Was that what it was? Whatever the Kennedy was on. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, how many guys do you know that can go look at a, a half dollar and go like, yeah, I fucked him. Uh, but no, he, he was looking at the menu, which was amazing. Right. And so that I'm like this. And I took a picture of him and the menu. And I'm like, you're you're unbelievable how you do this. It's It's really unbelievable. And then. He then, for some reason, I was talking to him about waitering. And what do we do? Because he knew the people at the restaurant and he knew them, you know, from, uh, I guess, uh, a bond from the, the uh, Gemma, which is the restaurant in the Bowery Hotel where he'd been working at for years. And he was talking to them, And I said, oh, do you remember that? I don't remember how it came up. But I said, do you remember that taxi episode where... Alex was uh, became a head waiter or whatever. And he goes, I don't like to talk about taxi. And I'm like, what? He goes, I don't want to talk about taxi. And I've never seen him. I mean, I've seen him get angry, but I'm like, not like that, like the way I get, you know. Um, it turns out, as we found out so much about this guy becoming Bobby Barbarino, welcome back, Cotter, or, uh, you know, becoming, uh, you know, what's his face in the Warriors and stuff like that. Now this guy was up to play Tony in, or is it Bobby? No, no, Tony, right. Tony, the Tony Danza part in, in Taxi. It, it's, it's, again, between him and Tony Danza. And that's why he never wants to talk about it, because he said, they told me he got the part. And so I'm like, get the fuck out, what? Because I thought he would have been more, because I'm telling you, this guy was just gorgeous. I thought he would have been more the Jeff Conaway type. But he was, but I I think that the character of Tony wasn't a boxer at the beginning, and here's what happened. And he told me the story, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. He said that the way he lost the part 
was that Tony Danza was just a boxer, but I guess he auditioned for this show and somehow, you know, he had an agent as a boxer. He invited all the producers to come to his boxing match, which is just absolutely brilliant because, you know, if you bring uh, producers or writers, these nerds, to something like that, they're going to be all, hey, why don't you come? I'm fighting Friday night. Why don't you come in? You know, something like that. They're not working. They all come. He knocks out the guy in like 34 seconds, the exact opposite of his character in the show where he was not good. He knocks out the guy in like 34 seconds, turns to the guy as he goes, do I get the part? And they just all go, oh, yes, yes, you get the part. How would you not give, I, as, as a first of all, if I was a woman and this guy was young and good looking, I would be like, yes, you get the part. But even as a man, because this is a man, <laughs> you know, I would be like, yes, we will change the character for you. I mean, that, that's fucking brilliant. He knocks the guy out, turns to him, says, do I get the part? I mean, how are you not going to give that guy the... Yeah, they, they, they must have turned the whole character around. But this Vincent, it's a new story every day. It's unbelievable. I mean, I guess he never got anything. I mean, I, why do we get along so well? I got the exact same stories, unfortunately. I just never know the aftermath of it. You know, I mean, I, like I, you know, we know in the Billy Joel pockets, I told you it was between me and Peter Scolari to be in uh, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. It was also between me and Steven Weber, if you know him, to be in the new George Went show, Norm from Cheers. Uh, speaking of the same people that did Taxi, had a, a car talk show. I, I have the script. I, I can show it to you. Uh, I have the car talk show, and I was supposed to play his brother, and we were supposed to be on the radio. If you remember in the 90s, there was a huge radio show, and maybe in the 80s, Huge radio show, like an NPR radio show called Car Talk, and it was huge. I mean, people worshipped it. People that didn't know anything about cars, they loved this show, and nobody knows why. And so they were going to make a TV series about it with George Went and Dave Juskow as George Went's brother. Yeah, but I lost out to Steven Weber, who uh, you might know from Wings or a whole bunch of other stuff because he was... I always lost out to a name of somebody that had already done something before, so... If they're going with a you know an unknown, then I would have gotten those parts. But at least I always lost out to somebody who was you know it wasn't like it made somebody's career every time. So so Vincent and I are very uh, connected in that way because we're both fucking losers. Except he was gorgeous, and that should have worked out for him more. But uh, so it's just so funny. This guy is so funny. Anyway, he bought this wine. I told you he's sommelier now. A sommelier. What is it? Anyway, he bought this wine. He's like, I'm bringing this big bottle of wine that. Sell, that we bought for $200, but, you know, you sell it for $500. He says, it's very bold. It's very bold, but I want you to try it. And he he brings the wine and he brings glasses in his bag because he won't, he's, he's like, I guess he knew they only had like water. They don't have traditional wine glasses. And he's like, no, we're not eating like slobs. So he bought glasses in his bag because um, it's a bring your own wine place. Opened up the wine and served it, and I go, wow, it smells amazing. You know, I don't really know that. I, I might as well have been in the antique store or the car store being like, uh, yeah, um, with some force feeds on the floor, we'll be making it. The, uh, I, I don't know. I just can only pull what I know from movies, and I know nothing about wine. Oh, very bold, very bold. It's bold. Uh, but the, the, the it smelled really good, and then the taste was okay. It was, he goes, no, this needs food. This needs food. You got to have food with this wine, you know, and I, I believe him. So, but it was a most enjoyable wine and it was most an enjoyable experience. And we had uh, the two specials, which one was a potato gnocchi with lamb 
Uh, oh my god, it was it was fantastic. We had that as an appetizer. I could have had that as the main meal. I should have had that as the main meal. It was delicious. And we had something with mozzarella cheese on a bread and tomato. You know, I love that. I don't know what it was. We shared both of those, and it was great. And then we ordered, I guess, steak medallions. Oh, I'm getting hungry. Uh, steak medallions with a, I got mashed potatoes instead of French fries always, and uh, and it came with a salad and uh, oh, it was delicious. Big steak medallions. It was great. You dip it in this apoive uh, sauce, something like that. It was great. And, uh, of course, the best part was he's like, oh, crap, this place only takes cash. Do you have any money? And I'm like, what the? How? Wait a minute. This cannot be happening again. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll buy you dinner. I mean, every single time. It's impossible. So I gave him money. <laughs> and, you know, folks, you know how it is for me. It's unbelievable. But he, he went to an ATM after and uh, and uh, and gave the money back. But still, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to I didn't even want to take out any money. You know, like I I don't even like breaking bills like, he, you know, maybe if I gave him a uh, $50, like then I got 20s back and I was like angry. Uh, it's just funny every time I, you know, cause then I'm like, Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Cause I don't want him to have to go to an ATM, but it's so I'm like, wait, dude, you told me you were going to, you, you, you bought wine and wine glasses in a bag and you're taking them back home, but you forgot to bring money. What is it with people? How are people not prepared every goddamn time I go out with them? It's like that guy that was producing crashing my pal. You know, he's the producer of Crouching. He's uh, Pete Holmes and 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 uh, who's the very uh, successful uh, Patton Oswalt's manager. And every time we're together, he goes, oh, crap, I don't have any money. Do you have any? I'll get it back to you. And then as soon as we leave the restaurant, he finds the money. I mean, it's like a joke. I always think he's joking, but he's not. I don't think. It's weird. It continues to happen to me. Anyway, then we we left, and all of a sudden, it was freezing outside. Remember, it had been 70 degrees. It was freezing. He didn't even wear a jacket there. I at least was wearing a jacket, but we were so cold. And the wind was crazy. We were right on the Hudson River, so it was so cold. And he was running to the eight, and then right back to his house, and I don't know where I was going. I was just following him for some reason. I didn't know what to do because I didn't know how to get home because it was so cold. Normally, I would walk, but I wasn't dressed properly because it was 70 degrees earlier. And I'm like, I'm not taking the motorcycle. It's going to be way too cold. I'm not prepared. I don't have any gloves. I'm not taking the bike. It's way too windy and freezing. I had to take the subway again. I had to take the goddamn subway again because it just couldn't have been any easier. It just was easy. It was right there on 14th, and it was just, it was simple. I just, it's just so gross. And, you know, there's more stuff. Today, in the paper, there's more stuff. Some 350 homeless individuals were recently found living in encampments in subway stations, tunnel transit officials said Thursday. They're making a, the new mayor is trying to get all of them out again as the old mayor was just letting them live there. Um, you know, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It's just that apparently all, a lot of the homeless people are unstable and they're pushing people into the tracks. Nobody cares if the homeless people want to live in the subway. I mean, it's gross, but... You know, that doesn't bother me. It's just when they get uh, a little unruly because they're a little mentally unstable. And so apparently uh, this happened just uh, yesterday. 
there was a on the J train, which you know you should just never be taking. Uh, there was a guy shooting up, and a passenger came over and he goes, "Hey, can you not do that on the subway? I don't think you should do that on the subway." And the guy hit him with a metal pipe, and then he ran away. That's what's happening on the subway every day. There's a lot of nonsense going on, so I really don't want to take the subways anymore. But I guess on occasion, it's just too easy. And I wasn't prepared for that weather. I would have walked, but I wasn't. It dropped 40 degrees and I knew it was going to drop. You just you're just not thinking it could possibly drop 40 degrees. That seems like something that would happen on an unknown planet in the movies. Like if you were on Mars, that seems like something like, well, you know, it gets cold here at night that it drops 40 to 50 degrees. It actually happens in L.A. every day. It could be 90 degrees at night and 50 degrees at night, I'm oh, sorry, during the day and then 50 degrees at night. That is true. I guess that happens in like deserts, but not in New York City. So it would have been ridiculous to wear a full winter jacket Wednesday at four o'clock because even though you knew it was going to go down to in the low 40s, maybe high 30s, you, you would just look like a goddamn idiot. So there was no way to win. I had to give up that one. So now I've taken the subway twice. I don't think I'm going to keep track, but you know I hate that. There was no way I could make it home. And once I got home, boy, was I happy to be home. And I put on the heat right away, which, of course, was ridiculous. So I, didn't, I couldn't get warm again. I sat there and didn't put on the heat. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll warm up, but I never did. It was so cold outside, and it was like coming through, you know. Just Gow in the City will return after these messages. Hi, everybody. This week on Billy Joel A to Z, we have the instrumental song Nocturne, which is actually kind of great. And then an interview with musician and songwriter A.J. Smith, which should be quite fascinating since he wrote a song called Billy Joel which Billy Joel really likes. So that's fun on Billy Joel A to Z. Of course, we've got the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show, 6 p.m. on Tuesday, and that's always a good time. And this just in, I'll be opening for Rachel Feinstein at Bananas this weekend, March 4th and 5th. It's right by the Meadowlands, you know, my favorite area. So if you're in town, come by Bananas at CB and Rachel Feinstein. Let's get back to the program. On Thursday, I was supposed to go, you know, meet Rhoda. She was driving me crazy because she's like, oh, yeah, I got to bring my car in for service. So, yeah, pick me up at 9 o'clock. And I'm like, 9 o'clock? I can't get to you by 9 o'clock. Do you know what a hassle that is for me to get there at 9? Normally, I don't mind going to visit my mother because I get there around noon or whatever. It's leisurely, you know, getting out of the city. And you know what? You know how uh, horrible it is to get my car out of the city and starting it up and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like... And I'm like, well, can we make it 930? She's like, yeah, I'll just sit there for a half hour at the car place. I'm like, ah, oh, you're such a, oh, maybe I'll just walk to the nail clinic. I'm like, you just told me your knee was all fucked up. I mean, it's just, it's just her, it's such selfishness where if, and she has nobody to pick her up. And after all those years of driving people, you don't have anybody to return the favor. It's really annoying. The whole thing was really making me angry. And then it turns out. She canceled the appointment at the car because her knee was hurting. And I'm like, but she didn't cancel it because I could have made it easier on a different day. She didn't do it. She did it selfishly because she was hurting. 
And now it's, I, I can't even talk about it. Anyway, I couldn't have been happier that she did that. So now I can do, I just needed to do stuff. I needed to bring my car to the Jiffy Lube, which had I bought my car, thanks to her, to the Jiffy Lube in the first place, I wouldn't have paid that $1,600 at that place in Manhattan. Because when I went there, I talked to the guy who was cool. I'm like, hey, can I talk to that crazy guy that knows everything about cars? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's right here. They knew exactly what I was talking about. And he's like, and I showed him the bill. He goes, $1,600. But what the, this $1,600, this costs $400. And they charge you for labor? Like Jiffy Lube would have done it for $400. I'm so angry. I had to get it done. I had to get it done. My mother had me going all over the place. She she just doesn't care. It's really annoying. Uh, I, I didn't know they did that kind of work. That's why I thought I better bring it here. I don't know what's happening. Oh, I'm so angry about it. And from now, I mean, that's where I was bringing it all this time. They've been keeping my car running. It's a stupid oil change place. And for some reason, this particular unit has a guy that does other stuff. But for half of the price of a regular place, especially in Manhattan. Oh, my God. I was so angry yesterday. That guy was hilarious. I, they didn't even charge me like you don't need an oil change. They, they did all this diagnostics and stuff. They don't even charge me sometimes. And he just let me go. I gave the guy 20 bucks. He's like, well, you just said you don't have any money. I'm like, yeah, but look what you did. You, you know, you were looking at my car. You were checking all that stuff. You're trying to help me. I appreciate it. And I do appreciate it because now I know what I need done, and I know I'm bringing it there. Jesus Christ. I'm so angry. I can't believe it. I, I don't think I got scammed at the Manhattan place. I, I don't think I got scammed. I think that's just what a garage usually charges. This Jiffy Lube is, is is ridiculous that they're so good. I, I try and go on Thursdays when I ugh, I can't even talk about it. So, you know, I went there and then my mother calls me. I, I went to the storage place because I was trying to pick up some more stuff. And the problem with the storage place is there's no bathrooms there. So when I get there, I was planning on going to the bathroom in the Jiffy Lube, but they had me out in the car garage talking to the guy the whole time. I never sat in the office. And, you know, when I come back, I didn't even have any coffee yet, but I always have to go to the bathroom after the trip. I always have to pee because I have like a, you know, like a 16-ounce water at the beginning of the day. And, you know, in two hours, I'm going to have to pee. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? So when I go to the storage place, there's no place to pee, so I can't concentrate. I'm like, I got to reorganize this storage space, but I cannot do it if I cannot go to the bathroom. And I didn't even have coffee yet, which would, you know, totally make you pee. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. I'm going to have to remember that I'm going to have to stop on the New Jersey Turnpike before I go to the storage place to pee so I can concentrate. Because you cannot concentrate if you have to pee. Or worse. I mean, this time it was only pee. <laughs> you can't concentrate on organizing. You can't think straight. I mean, thank God I didn't have any beer. Because then I would have had to go in, you know, on the lawn. Like I would have had to, there's railroad tracks by the storage space. I would have had to go out there. I wouldn't have been able to stand it for two seconds. I mean, beer is just, that's that. forget that. At least I figured that out very early on in the 80s that I'm like, okay, no beer if you're going on a trip, you know, or if you're going to a show. That's why I always drink scotch like at the cellar because I won't go to the bathroom there. You know, you got to be very careful. Like I can drink anything else, water, scotch, no beer. Beer tends to just, that's, Whatever. I don't know if it does that to other people, but that, you know, but you look, these are the, the things you learn <laughs> along the way. Oh, but I was so upset. My mother calls, she goes, yeah, I need an ice pack and some Tylenol. And first I heard from Aunt Judy that she needed Tylenol. I'm like, why isn't she calling me and telling me to bring her Tylenol? And then, oh, and then I, I remember what it was. I told my sister, this was so annoying. 
I go, you know what? I'll come there at nine o'clock. I'll be there at nine o'clock. And then she goes, she goes, I need you there at nine. And then I said, fine, I'll be there at nine o'clock. Don't worry, I'll be there at nine. She goes, well, you don't have to come at nine. And my sister and I are like, oh my God, shut up. You are so annoying. She's just wishy-washy. And it's really just tell us what you want so we can do it. Don't be like that. It's really annoying. So so then I go, so I stop at the CVS. So I go on the Waze app and I look where's the nearest CVS. And they take me, you know, off the, the route nine I have to be on or something and I stop at this stupid first I stop at a 7-Eleven oh because on Wednesday night this is the stupidest thing right we had dessert at the place it was really nice they gave it to us for free and a cappuccino you know I like a little dessert it was a chocolate warm chocolate cake although I think that the chocolate cake was in a wrapper and we couldn't undo the wrapper I think we were eating the wrapper it was the strangest thing I, I just likened it to eating a soft shell crab <laughs> but like you're wait we're eating the shell so I, I don't know. I tried to pull it off. We couldn't tell whether it's just the indent or the actual wrapper, but I think it was the wrapper. It was very odd, but it was still delicious. For some reason, when I got home, I wanted a Twinkie. I don't know why. I have no reason. I eat Hostess cupcakes. I'll eat Tasty Cake cupcakes. I'll eat Devil Dogs, but I never want a Twinkie. And for some reason, for the past couple of days, I had wanted a Twinkie. So... I go to the store. I was going to go to a Dwayne Reed. I don't, I, I guess I saw it at the supermarket where they had a box of Twinkies, but I do not want a box of Twinkies. I want one Twinkie and possibly two if they come two in a pack. So I go to like a, you know, bodega, no Twinkies. And then I go to, where, where was the second place? I went to three places. I went to the bodega and then I went, Oh, yeah, right. Then I went to another newspaper stand, no Twinkies. And then I went to this shop where I used to buy devil dogs and coffee cakes and stuff, like which was a little further away from my house. This is how bad I wanted a Twinkie, but they didn't have it. So I bought nothing because I'd already had dessert and full, but I, for some reason, I, I can't tell you. I wanted a goddamn Twinkie and I couldn't find it couldn't find a Twinkie in New York City. It was weird. I knew that they possibly probably had it at a 7-Eleven, but that was too far and it was so cold. So I'm like, I'm not going there. I'm not going to, you know, beyond the bridge. I guess what I was saying, I went to this CVS and I stopped at a 7-Eleven for coffee, even though I had to pee, but I didn't have to pee as much as I knew because now I knew I was going to be able to pee once I got to my mother's. Well, I was still looking for a store to pee in. I thought maybe the CVS would happen. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to ask them. I know the Target does, but I'm like, by the time I walk in there, I could be walking to my mother's place and I could pee there. I mean, this is crazy, but now I got to have coffee. I just got to have coffee because I'm going crazy. I haven't had it. I'm obviously addicted to one cup a day. So I went to the 7-Eleven and they had the Twinkie and I'm like, all right, great. I got the fucking Twinkie. So I put it in my knapsack. I had the coffee. Then I went to the CVS and I got, oh, you know what I had to buy? I had it written down that I had to go to CVS because... I needed more Listerine and I can only get the certain size of Listerine because that's what fits in my medicine cabinet, right? Plus, I always think you don't want a big bottle of Listerine because I live alone. I just drink it from the bottle and, you know, it gets all mixed in with, I guess, probably saliva and stuff. And I'm the only one that uses it, so I don't care. So you probably want to change bottle. You don't want a big bottle because then, you know, you, then you're not, are you really having uh, Listerine or whatever? I mean, I try and just put it into my mouth. So who knows? Anyway, buy the 500 milliliter ones. But in New York City... You cannot get them 
without asking somebody to come over with a key. They have Listerine under lock and key since COVID and still. So I got to go to the person at the counter and be like, can I get somebody with the key? And they hate that. They are not happy about it. They make it very clear they're angry about it. So I'm like, screw this. When I go to Jersey, I'll go to a CVS, pick up two bottles by myself without asking anybody and check them out. I mean, it's ridiculous. Isn't that insane? I can just go to Jersey and I can go get the bottles. Oh, look, look, I'm look, I'm picking up Listerine. I'm putting it into a card, you fucking jerk-offs. What the fuck? Who's ripping off Listerine? So I, 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 so I was going to CVS anyway to get Listerine. I know you can get it there without asking somebody to open up the goddamn shelf. Jesus Christ. I think you still have to do that with razors, but... And batteries, maybe? I don't know. What do they got under lock and key there? It's so Listerine. Are you kidding? So I was able to get the Listerine that I wanted. I got my mother the stupid Tylenol, which, of course, apparently her nurse at her place told her to get uh, Advil because she said ibuprofen was better. And she's like, no, I don't want to take anything. Her knee is, like, apparently really hurting her. And she doesn't want to take anything. What an idiot. I don't, I don't even know where to go with this. But I got all this stuff. I'm going down further down Route 9 towards your house. I see a CVS right on Route 9. I'm like, wait, why didn't that come up? Ugh. I just wanted to kill Waze. I was so angry. I'm like, wait, there's one right on the way. I wouldn't have had to get off. I'm like, all right, we'll just put that in the map for next time. For next time, it'll be there. Now we know there's a CVS on the way to my mother's new place. You know, I don't know how it is going there, you know? Oh, and that's what it was. She called me and she's being like, oh, you're not coming through 33. Oh, forget it then. I'm like, I can find another CVS on the way. She was really driving me crazy yesterday. So it gets worse, right? I get down there. I go see that girl that was hurt, you know, um, the other day. She's in a much better mood. She's going to be out of the cast soon, a couple weeks, right? And, uh, you know, I go in and I uh, immediately pee, of course. (laughs) I was kind of dying but pretending I wasn't. So that, you know, that's an acting job that I think we all do once in a while. And then um, she goes, oh, I need help on the computer. Oh, I need you to put Word on the computer, you know, Microsoft Word. She's like, I I didn't have it. I'm like, oh, that's my fault. I meant to put it on last time. I'm having some trouble because I guess I have a lifetime thing with Word or something, you know, that I can have Microsoft Word and Excel and all that stuff. So I was trying to put it on her computer when we first got, she got, you know, a new laptop. And I was working with the people in a chat room or whatever. And it, I knew it was going to take some time, but I'll do it. She goes, yeah, yeah, because I got to, otherwise I got to write it by hand. I'm like, no, no, I'll get it. I'll work on it, okay? So I'm working on it for like an hour. It's taken a long time because this guy has to like take over my computer. I mean, it sounds sketchy, especially with the Russian stuff going on. You don't want anybody to, you know, take over your computer. But I was like, I, I want to get this on. And I, you know, I already paid for it already and everything. So this guy, we were working on it really for about 45 minutes or so and I was, talking on the phone. I was doing other calls. I was calling her insurance agent while it was happening. So I was busy. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to put Word on your computer. She's like, all right. So I get the Word on the computer. And I come out. I'm like, all right, it's all set. She goes, ah, I already wrote it in hand and sent it out. And I'm like, you bitch. That was so frustrating. I'm like, what? You are the worst. And then she, I, I don't know, I calmed down. And then a couple minutes later, she goes, I need you to do, I'm like, nah, I'm done with you today. I'm done with you today. I was really, I mean, she's, 
so selfish. It's unbelievable. You, it's just I, I don't know where to, it's just, it's really frustrating. I call my sister. I tell her all this. She's like, I I can't believe it. Yeah, she did the same thing to me. You know, we're trying to help her, and then she just. You know, I don't know. I guess everybody has these problems with their. It's just a selfishness. My sister can say it's an age thing all the time, but I don't think it is. I don't think it's an old person thing. I think it's a selfish person thing. That's why I don't mind talking about. It. I'm not. I'm not saying it's an age thing. I don't. I know plenty of uh, people that are that age, and they they'd be more respectful or or come over and say, you know what, I'm going to write it by hand. I'm like, I'm almost finished. Or you know, give me the option and tell me that you're waiting for this. She may never use word again for whatever she was doing. It's really messed up. So I was pretty pretty upset about it, and I just really wanted to go. And then, you know, I really want to pay her bills for her and stuff, but she won't let me. And then she was paying uh, insurance on her house. And I'm like, you realize you don't own a house anymore, right? She's like, oh, right. Now, that could be an old person thing. <laughs> but she just, anything that comes, she just starts paying. I'm like, I think we have to question this stuff. I'm like, you're supposed to show all this stuff to me and Beth before you pay anything. It's really frustrating. I think everybody has to go through that part. But it's just, uh, like I said, it's not the old person thing I can understand. It's the selfishness that really gets my goat. And Gibraltar as a girl, where I was a flower of the mountain. Yes, when I put the rose in my hair like the Andalusian girls used. Or shall I wear red? Yes. And how he kissed me under the Moorish wall, and I thought, well, as well him as another. And then I asked him with my eyes to ask again, yes. And then he asked me, would I yes to say yes, my mountain flower? And first I put my arms around him, yes, and drew him down to me so he could feel my breasts all perfumed, yes. And his heart was going like mad, and yes, I said, yes, I will, yes. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, thanks for the vote of confidence. I think Joyce is pretty hot, too. What a woman. Dad, she is the teacher. You know, I like teachers. If you do something wrong, they make you do it over again. Don't you think maybe you should just, just take some notes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gave away all my pens. I'm sorry, I, I need this back. Here's a calendar for you. Well, I played that because, uh, you know, we love that movie. And Sally Kellerman just died today. She was uh, in two of my favorite movies. And that's pretty much it. Pretty much sure that's the end of how it works. She was in MASH in 1970 and back to school in 1986. Now, I'm sure she was in a bunch of other stuff. But that's all we care about. Back to school and always saying, oh, Philip. That's all we remember her from. Oh, Philip. What's that noise? It's a party. They're not midterms, remember? They're just blowing off steam. You there. What's going on here? Melon Man story the greatest party of all time. The whole world is there. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at that. Listen to that racket. This is disgraceful. I should phone security. Good. Apparently, I'm not the only one around here with a sense of decency. Did you see... Where are you going? Intellectual curiosity, Philip. 
She said it three times, or twice. She said Philip four times, but oh, Philip twice just there. Oh, Philip. Now, meanwhile, I would give anything to play that other guy. You there! What's going on in there? (laughs) And uh, that would, of course, give way for our favorite scene in that movie of all time. There are two kinds of people in business today, the quick and the dead. So rather than waste your time this semester with a lot of useless theories, we're going to jump right in with both feet and create a fictional company from the ground up. We'll construct our physical plant. We'll set up an efficient administrative and executive structure. Then we'll manufacture our product and market it. I think you'll find it very interesting and a lot of fun. So let's start by looking at construction costs of our new factory. Uh, What's the product? That is immaterial for the purposes of our discussion here. But if it makes you happy, let's say we're making tape recorders. Tape recorders? Are you kidding? The Japs will kill us on a labor course. Okay, fine. Then let's just say they're widgets. What's a widget? It's a fictional product. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Tell that to the bank, you know. Take it easy. Take it easy. It's the first day, you know. On the board, you will see a cost analysis for construction of a 30,000-square-foot facility, which will encompass both factory and office space and is fully serviced by all utilities, a railroad spur line, and a four-bay shipping dock. Hold on, hold on. Why build? You're better off leasing it a buck and a quarter, a buck and a half a square foot. Take your down payment and put it into CDs. Or something else you can roll over every couple of months. Thank you, Mr. Mellon. But we'll be concentrating on finance a little later in the term. For the time being, let's just concentrate on the construction figures, shall we? You will see the final bottom line requires the factoring in of not just the material and construction costs, but also the architect's fees and the costs of land servicing. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. Oh, really? Like what, for instance? Well, first of all, you're going to have to grease the local politicians for the sudden zoning problems that always come up. Then there's the kickbacks to the carpenters. And if you plan on using any cement in this building, I'm sure the team should like to have a little chat with you, and that'll cost you. Oh, and don't forget a little something for the building inspectors. Then there's a the long-term cost, such as waste disposal. I don't know if you're familiar with who runs that business, but I assure you it's not the Boy Scouts. That'll be quite enough, Mr. Mellon. Maybe bribes and kickbacks and mafia payoffs are how you do business. But they are not part of the legitimate business world. And they're certainly not part of anything I'm teaching in this class. Do I make myself clear? Sorry, just trying to help, that's all. Now, notwithstanding Mr. Mellon's input, the next question for us is where to build our factory. How about fantasy land? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny every fucking time. Oh, God, I, I could listen to that clip all day. It's so awesome. And I'll tell you, that's the thing. I'd like to play both parts. Both, you know, I'd like to be the writing danger field sometimes. And then I'd always like to be like, this is a legitimate business practice. There's nothing better than playing the villain once in a while. Oh, and when he, when he says fantasy, then the guy, the, the villain guy just does that. He, he loses his step because he can't believe it. That's really funny stuff. But anyway, she is uh, dead. Uh, she was also the, the first uh, Hot Lips Houlihan in the movie MASH. 
Sally Kellerman we're talking about. And the weird thing is, is that I used to go out with this girl. We, we were boyfriend and girlfriend for a period of time. And she was a photographer, like a really good magazine photographer, like a well-known magazine photographer, really pretty. And for some reason, she was working with Sally Kellerman later, you know, like in the 2000s when she was older and her voice, you know, and she was known for that sultry voice kind of. Uh, because she was trying to put together a one-person show, and I guess she was taking taking photographs of her, and she kept she kept imitating her all the time. My my girlfriend kept imitating her because she was because apparently Sally Kellerman would just keep saying like "Welcome to the show." I always think about this when I think of Sally Kellerman, like "Welcome to the show." That's all she would say. "Welcome to the show," in that voice she had. But apparently she had a whole cabaret act and was a good singer with that voice. But uh, it's just kind of funny when she got older. Uh, the singing just sounds ridiculous. At five, not to give those dinners for ten elderly men from the UN. How could I survive? Could I leave you and your shelves of the world's best books and those evenings of martyred looks? Thick sighs, sullen looks from those injured eyes. Could I leave the quips with a sting, jokes with a sneer, passionless love making once a year, and the lies ill-concealed, and the wounds never healed, and the game's not worth winning? And wait, I'm just beginning. What? Leave you, leave you. How could I leave you? What the hell is she talking about? I have no idea. I don't know. Welcome to the show. That's all I remember about her. I always have some sort of involvement with everybody, right? That's the whole key. Well, that's why you love the podcast. Am I right or am I right? Welcome to the show, everybody. Oh, Philip. Oh, Philip. Hey, call me when you have no class, okay? Hey, you're all right. Oh, boy. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, I could do that for days. How about Fantasyland? Where should we build this location? How about Fantasyland? Are you kidding? The Japs will kill you on the labor cost. <laughs> you can't even say that line anymore. Oh, the Japs will kill you. <laughs> oh, it's me. I'm making myself laugh. Oh, that is good stuff. And I was worried that this show was going to suck. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I am not going to listen to any more of this. I mean, I've had just about enough. And speaking of which, I wanted to do something for Speaking of imitations, I wanted to try my Simon Laban for you, the way, the way that I think he sings with this... Um, uh-huh, like, I'll I, 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 I try to explain. I can't, I can't sing the chorus. I can't get to the notes after I sing the... And I've been talking for an hour and a half. I was thinking about providing an example of the way I think Simon Laban sings. I'm going to sing this for you.
He goes too high for me after that. What do you think? Is that good? It's a good invitation, right? I think. I don't know. You know, I think if I worked on it, I could hit those higher notes. You know, you just have to you have to kind of go for it, and not you know talk and yell at people for for a half hour. Bye. Just for you, here's a view to a kill. Shades of assassination standing still. First crystal tears, falling snowflakes on your body. First time in years, drench your skin with lovers' rosy stains. Chance to find a phoenix for the flame. A chance to die, but can we dance into the fire? Then, then I'm done. <laughs> but it's like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> is that weird? If anybody else is listening uh, while you're listening to this podcast, they're like, what are you doing? Right, that's what I'm uh, thinking. But um, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to prove my point today. And I also, I feel like I, I really, after I was thinking about last week, I'm like, God, I really love Duran Duran. I really love Duran Duran, and I missed some of the other songs that I really love about them. Like I've always liked this song too. I guess because it goes, wild boys. <laughs> when he does that, it, I think it's, I mean, I like the beat, I like the music, and I like Simon LeBond's voice. I know we talked about it last week. Now I can't, now I can't stop thinking about them. Now I want to do a whole podcast on Duran Duran. Is it is it good at all or is it too annoying? Wild boys falling far from glory, reckless and so hungry. So far, this song sucks. So I, I haven't heard it in thirty years, but I do like when it gets to the chorus. I think I do. But this song was a hit. I think this was off their greatest hits, maybe. Back in the eighties. They, uh, a lot of groups would put together a greatest hits album and then put a brand new song on it, and the brand new song was just as good as anything they'd done. I miss this one too. This one, uh, you know, again, a big hit for them later on. I'm not sure of the year, but. Uh, this is, this is a great song. I sing it sometimes, like just uh, some of it, like to myself, like I'm going to walk into the streets or something if I'm sad. But I like this kind of sad. I know a lot of you who listen to the Billy Joel podcast are like, he doesn't like sad songs. Sometimes I do.
picture in my head. I like when it gets to the... And I don't even know whether that's one of the instruments that plays that melody, but that's pictured in my head all the time. That's what I need in there. It might come in. Maybe that's why I think about it. Yeah, but I think about this song. And then there's this other one that came out, I don't know when, and I always liked it. I, de- I think I bought the 45 of it, but it's much later, and no one knows it except me. So weird. I'm such a weirdo. Piano, so I'm all in. And kick hey, it kick it up. Kick it up. Come on. Yeah. What's up? All right, got the keyboards I like. Forgot about this. this song. I can see why people wouldn't like the song. I but I like it. I like that. Uh, I love the keyboards in it. But it's a stupid name. Violence of Summer. Love's taking over. It's a dumb name, and it didn't do very well, I guess. But I, lo- I'm pretty sure I'm the only person that bought it. You know, they should uh, want to do a podcast I'm doing because I've been a fan of theirs for a long time and purchasing stuff before there was Spotify or that stuff you could just download. You're welcome, Duran Duran. I'm trying to get you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What I want to get the have a little something, uh, you know, for the effort. Oh, have you heard any good news today? Today, I want to hear what you have to say. Just a couple things before we go. News items. Obviously, there's a war going on, which is so weird that Russia doesn't seem to get it. Like that, that this, this, you know, this is exactly the way World War II started. So weird, so horrible. But did you know? which maybe I didn't know, maybe I did hear, but now it's so crazy that the president of Ukraine used to be like the most popular comedian in the Ukraine and he won by a landslide and now he has to deal with, it would be like electing me, well, I wouldn't be the most popular. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. It it couldn't be Chappelle because, because, I'll tell you why, Uh, because this guy was so popular and so crazy. He was on a satirical TV show and performing in a troupe for which he played the piano with his penis for five minutes. So that's not Chappelle. I'm trying to think of uh, who would be a... It would be more like, I think, Jim Carrey becoming the president of the United States and then going to war. And you know what the funny thing is? I think I'd feel safe if Jim Carrey was president because we know he's not crazy. We know it's an act. So if he... I think I'd be okay with that. But these guys... But he's... 
that they're saying he's like, you know, he was a big comedy star and he's stepping up. Well, it'd be like Al Franken. Well, it's not, you know, it's not as a... I would have been okay without Frank being present, but this guy apparently he's stepping up, which is kind of cool. And he's really, you know, he's like, no, we're all in on this and I'm staying here. I ain't going anywhere and we're going to fight this. It's really, it's really kind of cool. Oh, and um, I just heard, this is really funny, that Mayor Winningham, you might remember her, a horrible actress uh, from the uh, 80s who was in, was it uh, St. Elmo's Fire? Remember, she was in love with Rob Lowe. Just, you know, she's like a nothing actress. And maybe, was she in um, the other one that, that I've never seen, the, the, the Eric Stoltz, Leah Thompson? You see what I'm saying? Uh, nobody knows the other one. Uh, some some kind of wonderful, I th- was that her? Was she the limo driver? Was that her? She's forgettable. But she married Anthony Edwards, like yesterday. Remember Anthony Edwards from Revenge of the Nerds, The Sure Thing. You know, we love Anthony Edwards. I think he directs now, maybe. But, um, you know, he's, he's, he's terrific. And he's an ER. They might have been an ER together. But they just got married. These two 80s kids, they just got married, like yesterday. But they didn't, like, make a ceremony. They, like, eloped. I thought that was kind of cute. It reminds me, I need this knife. I'm going to take this. It's okay? Okay, yeah. Just need it for Bring a while. it back, though, you know. Well, the poor thing, you know, we got... I hit him in his... Uh, we hit the deer in his paw. What do you call it? The paw. The paw. paw the foot. Big old hoof. The hoof got caught in that grill. Oh. I got to I gotta hack it off. Ooh. Come on, it's a sin. You got to leave it there, you know. So, anyway, I'll, I'll bring your knife back if they do that. Anyway. Delicious. And then, finally, there's um, that guy, Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, who uh, murdered two people in Wisconsin because he's a fucking idiot. And he's carrying a gun and he leaves the house, you know, all that stuff. And he got off and everybody's angry about that. And so they should be. Of course, if he murdered black people, it would be a completely different story. But he didn't, I don't think. So LeBron was apparently, LeBron James was uh, giving him, defaming him on social media. And this kid is now suing LeBron. Now, you've got to be the stupidest person on the planet to want to sue LeBron James to want to be in a suit like that, to want to be in the media, you got off. And you should pull the fucking OJ shit like OJ should have done and move away. You should move out of the country because you made it somehow without going to jail when you murdered two people. The fact that OJ lives this wonderful life wherever he lives in florida or something and pretends like this never happened he's on twitter laughing laughing at the people that do stupid stuff i mean this 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 kid's not learning a lesson if you get away with murder when you've murdered clearly everyone knows they've seen the footage in this one oj we just know for a fact anyway you murdered two people and somehow you don't do any jail time and you still want to be socially relevant? You're an idiot. A genuine idiot. <laughs> I'd like to think that if I did that, I would stay away. Now, maybe could I see myself trying to make a comeback in 10 years? Maybe. But both of these guys, 
just went out and pretended like none of this has happened months later. That's insane. I mean, I don't know how you make a living. I don't know. Maybe that's why he's suing him. Maybe he can get some money because I don't know how somebody like Kyle Rittenhouse make a living. It's like that thing I told you about. I guess that's what I would do is I'd go down to Alabama and where you'd be a hero or something and get a job there and live there as a hero, right? It's like the exact same thing I was talking about that guy, Steve Bartman, who's that legendary idiot that was a huge Chicago Cubs fan Interfere with the ball, interfered with the ball in the playoffs against the Miami Marlins, and the Miami Marlins beat the Cubs, so the Cubs didn't win the World Series, and he was the most hated man in Chicago for a very long time until the Cubs won the World Series, and then he's been forgiven, but he was the most hated man. So I say to myself, what would I do if I, because I'm that much of an idiot for sure, that would interfere with the ball because I didn't know any better, and then people would be like, you know, on my case, I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot. Now, I'm funny, so I would kind of, I think I'd make a joke, maybe I'd survive, but what would be brilliant would be to go work for the Miami Marlins and just say, screw you, Cub fans, I did it on purpose, I was a double agent all this time. That's probably the best way to handle it, is the Marlins would probably offer you a job and just be a hero in Florida, which of course nobody cares about the Miami Marlins, so it would be different, but uh, that's probably the way to play it. Now, OJ, I don't know. I mean, he already had money, I guess, so he's okay. But this kid, you know, his best bet is to just go wherever, I guess, white supremacists are and just hang out with them and maybe find a job that way. I I don't know. I don't know what I would do if your career gets ruined. You know, Louis C.K., for a great example, is performing comedy around the world. He's smart. He's like, you know, if America doesn't want me, I'll just do it somewhere else. And he's playing in Kiev this airs on, I think, March 1st. He's playing this weekend that I'm recording this in Kiev. They just mentioned he's still playing. They they have not taken it. We'll find out. I'll let you know next week. I'll let you know on the show, on the Tuesday show, what's happening and if he actually went through with it. But right now, tickets are completely on sale. They've lowered the prices. <laughs> and he's playing in Kiev. I mean, he's out of his mind. But... Uh, you know, the guy knows how to make a living, unlike myself. But anyway, uh, that's our show for today. Uh, I already uh, told you what was coming up and everything. So I have a show tonight I'm actually doing, and I was going to record after, and I'm like, that ain't that great. It's a bar show. We've already talked about that already. So what the hell? At least I have something to do tonight, and then uh, we will reconvene next week as we get into March. March of 2022, a stupid, stupid month that everybody just wants to go away. I told my sister has a birthday, then it's a stupid time to have a birthday. Anybody that's born in March is stupid. It's just funny if you're sitting there going like, hey! But uh, yeah, March is a dumb month. April's stupid. May is awesome. And let's just try and get there. I think that's the key. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to move things along. I don't know why. Whether it's weather-wise or something else, or maybe just the sunlight coming out early or staying up late. I don't know what it is. I just hope everybody had a great week. I feel like this was a strange show, but hopefully it picked up in the end. I hope you liked it. Let me know if you did or not. And I will see you all next week on Just Cow in the City. Good night, everybody. <laughs>